Hi, James here, and welcome to Podaholics. And I have another podcast spotlight for you. This is kind of a cool one because it comes from a much longer podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. We were talking about a meeting he was heading to with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It. Glenn repairs the fleet of vehicles that We Will Fix It uses, and one of them had had a valve meltdown. And so the big question that Colin had and I had was, well, why would valve three, not valve two and not valve one and not valve four and not valve five and six, why only valve three? Why would you have failure in one valve? Glenn walks us through it. Here we go. Podcast Spotlight with Glenn Power from PowerWorks. Colin had, had an interesting one. He was talking about, you know, he's, you and him are having a van talk later on. I, I yeah, understand. I've got to be there. I've been summoned. 1 p.m. Yeah, there you go. And he was talking about interesting situation. And he, he said, I, I just don't understand how it could happen with a blown compression on a third cylinder on one of the vans. And he was going, compression loss on a third cylinder. He goes, he's going, I, have, I wonder what was going on. Yeah. So usually what would happen, for, you will always lose if it's if it's the cylinder that's if a cylinder's losing compression the the, mm. the weak point effectively in an engine is, is is the is the gasket between the head and the block okay colloquially known as the head gasket now if that fails between the cylinders you would get low compression on two cylinders because obviously mm. there's a gap effectively between the two but typically you'll get low compression on a cylinder and it will be because a valve has been damaged or carbon deposits have caused it to wear out and it doesn't close fully right, or okay. you'll have piston rings wearing out mm. or you've been very very unlucky and it's it's just happened at the manufacturer that it just wasn't quite right tolerance wise and mm. it skipped through the qc now the likelihood is that most of these things are caused by at some point the engine operating slightly off on that cylinder okay. so you might have a too rich mixture due to a leaky injector or you might have a too lean mixture because of a mm. clogged injector or you could have a poor spark because of a damaged spark plug or you could have it's a lot of variables here. there's a lot of things <laughs> that can happen effectively and then obviously what happens if if you're especially and the most likely is if you've got a rich mixture you get a lot of unburnt fuel or unefficient you know raw fuel effectively goes mm and washes the oil away from the cylinder walls. Right, okay. So then the, the, the piston is is scraping at the wall, really. The rings which are designed to hold compression in are not lubricated, mm. so they'll they'll wear away. And these rings are spring-loaded. Anyone that's fair to say a piston rings, it's, I mean, you'll probably find a thousand videos on, on YouTube of doing it, but they're, they're bigger when they're relaxed. They're far bigger than the actual bore they're sitting in. So they're, mm. they're sprung so that they hold pressure on all the time. So... The oil has to lubricate them, otherwise it will scratch. Okay. And as they scratch and scratch and scratch away, then you'll start to get gases and, and effectively compressions can escape mm. down the side. But there's also the op option of carbon deposits on the valves. They can't seat properly and they don't close properly. Mm. Um, both those things happen when you, when you have a misfire or, or, or even if it's not as, even if you don't detect it as a misfire, mm. it, it would be happening over time. And... You get that where, in this case, the, the 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 fan was down on power, didn't quite have a full misfire. It wasn't sort of juddering and shaking, but we got low compression and it was leaking. So we can do a cylinder leakage test. So what happens there is on a compression test, you basically you put an engage in where the spark plug goes, and you 
try and start the engine. You take all the spark plugs out mm-hmm. and you try and start the engine. Uh, you can't start because there's no spark plugs, but as the engine's rotating with the with the starter motor, you get pressure built up in that cylinder and it reads on the gauge. Mm. Now, if Can you do all cylinders at the same time or do you have to do them one by do one? Do one by one. I'm sure there's probably a tool that could do it, but yeah. um, we do them one by one. Now, that's great, but we need to kind of know ideally where it's leaking from or losing compression. It must be leaking somewhere. So we then have a tool which is called a leakage tester, cylinder leakage tester. Now, that goes in the same way, but we have two gauges on it and we have compressed air on one side that goes through the first gauge and we can set it to whatever we want, a maximum of sort of 10 bar. So we'll usually set it to about seven or eight and then the air goes into the cylinder and back to another gauge. Oh, okay. And we see... I like your air conditioning test. Pretty much. Basically, we see how much of the pressure that's gone in Comes comes out. And then, obviously, we have to hold the cylinder on top dead center. So we get the cylinder to top dead center, which means the piston's right at the top and all the valves are closed. Mm. It's very, very difficult because there is always valve overlap, but there should be a point of them all being closed. And at that point, the only way to know that really, apart from on cylinder one, where you have a mark on the crankshaft, you'll use a dial test indicator, which is basically a little needle, which you can measure the travel of it. And when it stops moving, then you know you've reached the top. Mm. So we do that, and then we listen for where the li- where the air's coming out. So if the air's coming out of the exhaust pipe at the back of the car, then the exhaust valve is leaking. Mm. If it's coming out of the intake manifold, the intake manifold's leaking. So yeah. you just take the, the air filter housing yeah. off and hear it coming back. If it's take the dipstick tube out or open the oil cap in, in modern cars with no dipstick, and if it's coming out of there, then it's blowing past the piston. I, I still have issues with there being no dipstick. How is that possibly possible? If that makes sense, that sentence. <laughs> the, 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 the best one. So the best one is we had a, a Q7 in yesterday and it was 2013 a V8 one. No, 2012 V8 one. And it had a dipstick. And the technician had done the service, but it also had the electronic level. Uh-huh. And he was sat in there with it running waiting for it to get to temperature, to turn it off, to settle, to read. And we obviously went over and just pulled the dipstick out and we're like, look, you don't need to wait for that. There's a dipstick here. <laughs> just use the dipstick. And it's so quick for people to get out yeah. of this. And Audi, it's got no dipstick. Yeah. Just to get out of that habit of, hang on, let's just check if there's a dipstick. Yeah. So I've got a question when you're checking the compression. You're talking, you've got to be listening for the air. I've been in your, your shop. I've been in automotive shops all over the world. They're noisy. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you hearing this stuff? Like, does it make a whistling sound? It, or? It's quite, it's quite loud. I mean, you okay. can, you know, but I mean, normally just before we'll do that, we just me or DJ will shout, shut up. <laughs> and then everyone stops what they're doing, tools down, and then we can hear it. Okay. Um, it's only, you know, it's literally... 30 seconds. Right, you put the tool on, get it, set the gauge, see that you're losing it. You might double check and make sure the cylinder's in the right position and then you'll just hear it. I mean, you'll definitely, you'll, you'll, you can hear it with the work going on to be okay. fair. All right. It's, 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 I mean, we're talking, I mean, in that, that one, I think the inlet pressure we had it, Ben did it and he's old. So he did it at PSI. I think he did it at about 75 PSI out of 90 okay. 
so we'd lost uh, we'd lost 15 psi mm. and uh, that's that's quite a, you know if you've got if you've got 15 psi left in your tire it's half half inflation you'll hear it if you press the valve and that's effectively all we're doing. Okay. How often do head gaskets go on cars? Like, is this after, you know, a couple hundred thousand kilometers, your head gasket probably needs to be changed, that kind of thing. Um, these days they usually only fail if something else has failed. Okay. It's very, very unusual for just a head gasket to fail for no other reason. They'll Mm. fail because the engine's overheated and there's been excess pressure on the coolant side Mm. or, there's been extra heat, which has made the head and all the block these days with the composite of the block warp. So right. the head gasket no longer seals. So there's 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 usually something, and it's usually heat related. Okay. You you'd be very very unlikely to see a failed head gasket if it's it's not something else that's caused yeah. it. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's good to know. But that's and that's the other reason, and that was something we Colin and I were talking about briefly. Was you know if your car's overheating. Uh, pull over. <laughs> don't keep driving yeah. saying, come on. I yeah. saw, th- actually, I saw this and I don't know what was going on. There was a car limping to wherever it was going. And all I could think was this person's thinking, I just got to get to the garage. I got to get to my garage. I got to get to my garage. Instead of, I got to pull over and then get, you know, I spent a hundred durhams with a tow truck yeah. to, to lift my car. And I don't know how much damage are they causing? And so no, pull okay. over. And I guess the same if you if you start losing you know if you start losing torque if you if you feel you know figure that car's not moving pull over yeah I mean usually these these things happen at any time but you know a lot of the time here <laughs> always pe- at the worst don't yeah I yeah I mean a lot of the time here people are, are even the little service roads into Alcus where we are are three lanes mm. you know you you overtake a car and as you do it there's a big noise and no power and it's like oh how do I get over three lanes now yeah so it's very difficult to stop safely sometimes but you've got to and we've we've done countless engines where they've gotten that hot that the the sensors on the engines knock sensors on the block and things have melted really and that we can't get you know we can't even get the crankshafts out because they've just ground themselves in and and seized the engine solid you know can't even get heads off it's just catastrophic Mm. Um, failure of, of, of the engine is very, very easy to achieve these days. You know, the, the, <laughs> the engines aren't cast iron anymore. Yeah. I think people forget that. I think somewhere along the line, A, people just don't know what an engine's made of. Yeah. And and then you get some folks who are a little bit older and they just remember, you know, you're casting an engine block. It's well, yeah. I mean, take a take an example of a, we've done a head gasket recently on a, a frog eye, Austin Healy. And, that's just iron <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and then it's got a copper head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. an hour later, the, the, the engine's disassembled and it's cleaned and, yeah. and we've, we've made sure that everything's okay. And we yeah. put a new gasket on and bolted it down. And then after three hours, the job's done. Yeah, that's a good old days. Really easy. I, mean, I don't say good old days, but, <laughs> but old days at least. But I mean, it's not like that now. It isn't like that. Well, I come mean, on. You could even get in the engine area of that thing. There's not a bunch of other stuff in the way and things. And it's, you know, there's the essentials are there. The cars had essentials. Yeah, it's probably harder to change the, to, it's actually harder to adjust the, the ignition timing on that car than it is to mm. strip the engine down. Yeah, there you go. Just, you know, I mean, the guys that designed it, made it that the timing marks on the bottom <laughs> and then the distributor obviously is on the top 
So you've got to lay underneath <laughs> with a bonnet that opens the wrong way. <laughs> Impossible. It's a two-man job, therefore, to yeah. time, the, to time yeah. do the ignition timing, which is a farce. Yeah, what, like, what were they thinking? Well, they weren't. That's why they don't make them anymore. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.